Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dakhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Paul Deschamps. How are you doing, Paul? And where are you hanging out right now? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Yuve. And I am in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's been my home for many years. Oh, fantastic. Paul is an experienced senior executive thought leader, keynote speaker, author, and coach who helps leaders improve team member well-being by creating healthy workplaces to beat burnout while building the bottom line. And I think your mission to help healthcare leaders effectively engage with physicians to create resilient organizations is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Paul. Great. Well, I appreciate this opportunity as well. Wonderful. It's a pleasure having you here today. So shall we dive in? Please. All right. So first thing I want to know is who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Now, my ideal client is a leader who recognizes that the challenge with burnout is the workplace, not the worker. That it's not a lack of individual resilience, but it's a a workplace which makes it very hard for brilliant knowledge workers who are highly committed to actually effectively do their work without being constantly vigilant and focused, which is fun to do for a short period of time, but very difficult to do without any break. And that's often what leads to burnout. So I really look for leaders at any level. My absolute ideal would be a CEO who understands this because the higher in level in an organization that the leader gets engaged, the more successful this work can be. And the more effective it can be, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I hear you. So but what are common mistakes they typically make when trying or even facing that problem and then uh, fortunately solving that kind of problem? Yeah. Well, you know, p- people look at burnout and, They think that the person has burned out, so we need to fix the person. And quite often, initial attempts at addressing burnout work on enhancing that individual resilience, offering people, whether it's counseling or preventive care like yoga or yogurt, and we commonly joke about, those aren't going to solve burnout. They might temporarily help people, and there's a need to support personal resilience. There's no question, because jobs, pretty much every job, but certainly in healthcare, We need that ability to get support because we deal with very important issues with life and death crises, with people in, you know, in extreme. And so we need that personal resilience, but that's simply uh, treating the problem after the fact. You know, I'm a family physician. I went into family medicine as much as I loved surgery. I thought that would be fixing problems that were already established. My hope was to be more preventive and when we address the workplace as the cause of burnout and fix the underlying factors there, then we're able to actually prevent burnout and create that healthy organization. So I have an additional question here. So do you think uh, during uh, or because of COVID, uh, the awareness has changed in these organizations? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> initially, people were faced with a truly existential, life-threatening uh, risk. And so that heightened everybody's awareness. And interestingly, during the height of the crisis, while people were very stressed, they also, their connection to their mission was much stronger. And so there were aspects of burnout that definitely worsened, horribly so, but other aspects that actually uh, became deeper, uh, a deeper connection to purpose that, that helped. Uh, but now what we're seeing is, as people are coming out of the pandemic, is uh, clinicians have had enough. Doctors and nurses are at a point where many of them feel that they just can't take anymore. And particularly if they don't see their leaders caring about them and helping them create a place where they can thrive, they're voting with their feet. We see the great resignation. And depending on what article you read, it's anywhere from one in five to one in three uh, healthcare workers who are ready to quit or have quit. And this is an existential threat and crisis for our healthcare organizations. If we don't have the doctors and nurses in the hospital to care for us, we're all at risk. Yeah, you, you're saying it. Uh, it's uh, it's a threat to 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 uh, all the communities uh, all around the globe, uh, and uh, so it's uh, it's uh, it's an issue. And I, I'm I'm glad to hear that there's some movement at least. And uh, uh, you know these these uh, wheels turn slowly, but uh, hopefully we're getting there, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know it's interesting to say the wheels do turn slowly, and yet during COVID. They actually turned very quickly. Within a week of when the crisis hit hard, we changed in ways we never thought healthcare could change. We were providing critical care in regular hospital wards or uh, or in pre-op anesthesia areas. And we were providing all of our outpatient visits instead of in the office, they all went virtual. Within a week, we used to tell ourselves in healthcare, we can't change quickly because we're highly regulated and, and it's very dangerous, the care that we provide. So we have to be very careful and slow. But when we're faced with an existential threat, we can change quickly. And picking up on that energy and continuing that desire to change quickly going forward will be one of the characteristics that distinguishes successful organizations from those that, that aren't successful as we deal with this after crisis. So it's good to hear. Yeah. So before I ask Paul, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Paul, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? Well, Uwe, I've got a bonus for you. I have two. Um, the first one, first one is for uh, people who are, who are leaders to shadow the people who actually do the work in their organization, whether it's healthcare or any other industry. Understanding what the challenges are to actually doing the job is something you can't get by sitting in a conference room with a committee reading reports and spreadsheets, but going and shadowing somebody doing the job uh, really helps you understand your challenges. It can motivate you to get more deeply engaged. Secondly, huddles are very inexpensive, essentially free. They just take the time. But every when you start a daily huddle for your unit and you focus on recognizing people who've done good work, preparing for the day so you've got the capacity to meet the demand, fixing little problems that happened yesterday, and aligning the work you're doing in that unit with the overall goals of the organization, it can be transformative. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Two nuggets. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so in addition to that, what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that might help also in a broader sense? 
well, you know, shamelessly promoting myself, my website uh, is free and it's got a lot of information. I um, post fairly regularly uh, and there's connections to other resources as well. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, once once this is published, I'll, I'll link uh, this podcast to my website as well. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. And of course, we will put the link in the show description so folks can check out your nuggets that you provide on your website. Definitely will do that. All right. So what's the one question I should have asked you that will be of great value to our audience? Uh, I would say, what if you're in a position where you're not a senior leader or even a mid-level leader? Uh, how do you deal with burnout there? And actually, in pretty much every role, even if you have no leadership role at all, or you simply lead or supervise a couple of other people, there are four key approaches to burnout that I think are important that anyone can do. And it's around these issues. First is people. Uh, we start with people and caring for people as the most important thing. When we feel safe and cared for, I love the way you start out that this is a safe setting to uh, to speak in because that's absolutely right. That's the most important thing is we create safety for people to contribute their ideas. Secondly, aligning with purpose, making sure even in our little section of our organization, does everybody on the team understand our purpose together and are we clear on that so we get it reinforced every day? Third is process. The challenge is because the challenge in burnout is the workplace, it's the processes that need re redesign and realignment, not the people. So, so once we're uh, working with people, they feel safe, they understand the purpose, then they could redesign processes. When we do that, we then can achieve the fourth P, which is performance. But this can happen at any level in an organization. And don't let yourself feeling like I'm too low in the organization to make a difference. You can do that even if it's just with your work buddy. You're setting the tone here correctly. Fantastic. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, your answer here. It's, uh, it, uh, it sparks, you know, that uh, you're coming from great experience and uh, um, setting this into motion is, uh, you know, is of great value. So thank you for sharing, Paul. Wonderful. So this brings me to my uh, final question. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? <laughs> so thank you for asking that. And fortunately, just yesterday, this happened. I was uh, my daughter, who has uh, just finished her residency training, and is setting up a practice and her residency training actually took place in New York City. She was in a safety net hospital that got hit hard by the first wave of COVID. And she's gone through tremendous stress and challenges herself around all of the complexities in healthcare and that personal risk feeling. Um, she's setting up her own private practice in San Francisco. And my wife and I went up yesterday to help her get her office set up. And, you know, we were just so proud that after all she has been through to, you know, through college, through med school, through training, and the challenges that I certainly never experienced when I went through that training, that she's come out the other end of it and, you know, is resilient, is looking forward to her career and just watching her take control and, and, and be ready to, to care for others. It was such a gratifying feeling. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful goosebumps moment. And uh, it's really, you know, uh, I won't ask you what was the, the second to last one. So <laughs> in that regard, but it's a, re a really pleasure that you uh, talked about this, this beautiful moment of, uh, you know, it's, uh, It's always good to have, you know, your family members close and celebrate together uh, their milestones and, uh, you know, very appreciate it. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing this beautiful Goosebumps moment. Also, thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. 
Well, thank you again for all that you're doing, Yuve. This has been a, a great experience. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.